Tonight, we talk about the progressive madness that is the BBC. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about the BBC. On this show, I've been quite critical of the mainstream media and the fact that they're really not as unbiased as they would have you believe. And look, as a commentator, I have no problem with people sharing their opinions about stories and providing their analyses, trying to sway you toward their way of thinking. That's fine. I mean, that's what I do. But my philosophy is if that's going to be your thing, at least be upfront about it. Don't hide behind the facade of, oh, I'm, I'm just a journalist, I'm impartial, when you're essentially filling the role of an activist and actively trying to sway things in favor of one side over the other. Which brings us to the BBC. Now, in a lot of ways, the BBC is no different than any other liberal media outlet like CNN or MSNBC. Yes, they have an obvious predilection toward left-wing or progressive politics, but not everything they say is slanted. They still do have some good journalism coming out, and I would never tell people to completely dismiss entire outlets as just don't watch this, except for Vice. But what makes the BBC different from those other outlets, and I think more deserving of scrutiny, is that unlike CNN, unlike MSNBC, the BBC is state-funded. When it comes to private companies, companies that handle their own fundraising, no matter how much I might dislike what they say or what they stand for, at the end of the day, it's their money and they can choose to spend it however they want. But the BBC is funded with taxpayer dollars, or rather, pounds, because... British, but see, in the UK, they have something called a TV license, which every house that has a TV has to pay for. And that sounds really weird if you're from glorious, freedom-loving North America. But yeah, that's that's a thing, and that's where the BBC gets its money from. And as much further left as the average Brit may be compared to me, I'm pretty sure there's still more than a few of them who wouldn't be too happy to know what kind of ideas their money is going toward promoting. So without further ado, let's jump right into it and take a look at the world of the BBC. My name is Amru Al-Khadi, or Glamru, and I have an identity that you might categorize as intersectional. I'm British Iraqi, gay, non-binary, and also identify as Muslim. And reading about quantum physics has really helped me understand my queer identity. Quantum physics to Newtonian physics is to me what queer theory is to heteronormativity, i.e. looking for normative constructs of society, male, female, gender, of race, categorizing everything in a kind of neat, rigid way. It is in this model of space-time as a series of entanglements that I'm able to piece together all the fragmented sex of my identity, being able to identify as British and Iraqi, as queer and Muslim, as someone of many genders and potentially no genders at all. Okay, so here we have a taxpayer-funded platform showing us the validity of Muslim, queer, no gender, and all gender, quantum, gender identity, if you will. And I know some of you may be thinking, what's the big idea? But really, that video clip represents the government taking money from its citizens in order to produce and disseminate material that propagates far-left gender ideology. Because no, it actually isn't settled, by no means has it been established that there are more than two genders or that you can switch between them at will, so why? Why on earth is state-run television doing a piece about it as if it were a done deal? And I'm not saying that anytime you feature or explore an idea, you automatically are agreeing with it. That 
Definitely not. And in fact, talking to a mix of people and featuring a mix of stories is something you'd imagine an unbiased outlet would do. But then the question is, where are the stories from the other side? Where's the counterbalance to Glamru the Iraqi drag queen? Where's Jordan Peterson's promo spot? Because I'm not seeing it. You learn as much about an organization from what stories and people aren't featured as you do those that are. But we continue with the piece Bodyguard airbrushing reality with powerful woman portrayal, where it's reported that apparently, quote, Victoria screenwriter Daisy Goodwin says TV dramas are airbrushing reality by having too many powerful female characters. She refers to the recent successes of BBC dramas Bodyguard and Killing Eve, which both feature female leads. Both saw women in prominent positions as the Home Secretary in Bodyguard and as an MI5 agent in Killing Eve. Ah, I can get on board with this. I too find it tiresome when in order to just get diversity points, media platforms shove women into roles that it doesn't really make sense for them to be in. Like if it's a movie about Navy SEALs, then there's probably not going to be many or rather any women on the team and that's okay, that's just reality, no need to cover that up. I'm sorry, what, that's, that's not what you're talking about? Huh. Goodwin told the BBC that these narratives pretended sexism and racism in our institutions had gone away. And Goodwin continued that I think it's unrealistic to pretend on television that women and men are treated equally and that's not the case. She said it was a two-way split as on one hand you want to promote positive role models for little girls but on the other let them know it's not that easy and you might have to deal with a lot of negative remarks. So let me get this straight. You can't have no women in positions of power in media because then little girls might not think it's possible for them to achieve prominent careers. But now, apparently, we also can't have too many powerful women either because then little girls will start thinking that, like, they can do anything, which I mean, clearly they can't, right? Because sexism and racism, so too many women, not okay. And yes, I know, ooh, the BBC isn't saying that they agree with that, they just happen to be spotlighting this particular intersectional feminist viewpoint, right? Right? This is simply journalism reporting on what other people have said. Well, in that case, may I present to you this clip entitled, There Will Be Racism Until the Day We Die. I was born black, so I'm kind of used to it now, but on a daily basis, you experience discrimination in a lot of different ways. The United States has always been racist, but I think with Trump as a president, it's like he's been like, it's been like out of control and everything. Racism has reared its ugly head from the houses and country clubs till now it's at the forefront since President Trump has been elected. A lot of people, now kind of think that they can freely do and say whatever they want to other people. Made me worried about like my generation of family, like if I have children or their children, like it's not gonna be safe for them anymore. I don't know how we can go back to maybe bridging our relations black and white, but the nominal success that we have has already been taken back, so. Are you sensing a theme here yet? Those people in that video were chosen to be filmed for a reason. They were given specific questions, which by the way, we didn't hear, to elicit those responses and the entire concept for that video didn't happen by accident. Yes, there are people out there who do think Trump wants to resegregate the country, but where are the voices of the people who disagree? I mean, seriously, because across this whole platform, I don't even mean just that specific piece, I'm seeing a very unified view of the world being painted. Black Trump supporters exist. They may not be the majority, sure, but they're not that rare either, and they're definitely less rare, by the way, than gay, omni-gendered Muslims, one of which you did manage to find. And yet, 
there's more. As the article calls for greater diversity among school governors explains, quote, when I was at school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I grew up, says Teresa Eason. I didn't have many role models that inspired me. There were big international figures like Nelson Mandela and Oprah, but none that I could relate to locally. It was because of a lack of local black role models when she was a child that Teresa decided to become a governor at a sixth form college in the London borough of Havering. For Teresa, it's crucial that children see people like them in positions of influence. Children and young adults need to be inspired early on in their lives. It's so important that they see people of their own gender and ethnicity and background in senior roles. It helps them to aspire and dream and know things are possible. Yeah, here we have yet another piece which essentially argues that diversity matters because how the heck are we supposed to relate to people or have role models that don't share our skin color, gender, or sexuality? Am I right? Seriously though, where is the argument that skin color in an egalitarian meritocratic society should not factor into hiring or recruiting practices? at all. Because let me tell you, it's not here. And what makes this particular piece arguing for diversity of employees just really not sit well with me is that it's coming from the same organization, the BBC, which has itself been known for excluding applicants for being white. Again, my British friends, is this what you're comfortable funding? But we got one more for you guys, because if you think that the sports section of the BBC has been let off the hook of progressive politics, well, you're very wrong. As a piece released just a few days ago reports, how inclusive is racing? British Horse Racing Authority pledges to make sport more diverse. British Horse Racing has vowed to make the sport more inclusive after July's launch of their diversity action plan. But will riders from inner city communities and ethnic minorities continue to face barriers in the sport? On Monday, BBC Inside Out West will feature a documentary with 15-year-old Muslim Anas Ryman from Gloucester, following his dream to become a jockey. Complaining about the diversity of jockeys is probably one of the most bougie things I can think of, but uh, that's all of that that I can stomach for now. And let me just say it's true, I'm not someone who supports state-funded media in most cases, whether that's Russia's RT, Canada's CBC, or the BBC. I think they're a great case of government overreach, but ultimately, if you are going to have state-sponsored programming, then shouldn't it at least attempt to be unbiased? I know I wouldn't want to have to pay for my own indoctrination, but maybe that's just me. In any case, that's all for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.